from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is Margaret. I'm the executive pastor here at Verve, and you might be wondering, who's she? Where's, Where's that other guy that's supposed to be up there? Well, Vince, our lead pastor, and his wife are celebrating their wedding anniversary this weekend, so we gave them the day off. So um, we're very happy that he gets to relax and have a good weekend. Um, As for me, if you don't know me, I have two young kids. Uh, One is about to be three years old and one's about to be five. And they're finally getting to a place where they're self-sufficient. Our three-year-old can finally go potty by himself, which Yes, yes. Mom's in the room, they're like, oh, I know what that feels like. Um, So yes, he can do that by himself, and they're both dressing themselves and brushing their teeth. And let me tell you, it has been a long road to get to this point, um, but they are finally doing things on their own. Um, I remember feeding my kids when they were babies, and they were moving from milk to solid phase, where we'd shove that mushy, yucky stuff in their mouth that no parent wants to try, let's be real. Um, but we'd force that into their mouths. And they needed me to do that because um, they couldn't do it on their own. And so I enjoyed it because they were experiencing new things, new flavors, they'd get some really fun like expressions on their faces. Um, and they needed me to feed them at that age and in that season of their life. But now that they're three and five, they can feed themselves, and so they don't need me to help them anymore. Well, sometimes my five-year-old does ask me to feed her like a baby still, and I just look like her like she's crazy, okay? I say, no. Uh, Sometimes I give in. Um, And I do have to shove food in my three-year-old's mouth sometimes because he can't sit still long enough just to eat a full meal. So, like, there's a little bit of that going on, but for the most part, they can feed themselves. Um, And when they turn 16 and 18 years old, it would be really weird if I was still feeding them like babies. So... I'm just going to tell them now that's not happening. Well, there's this old saying that says, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. And basically what that's saying is when we do something for someone, we're meeting that need in that moment, but we're not helping them in the long term. But when we teach someone to do something, we're equipping them for their future long term. So this morning, I want to teach you to fish. And over the last couple of weeks, if you've been coming, we've been in a series about the Bible called The Bible for Grown-Ups. And Vince has been talking about things like why is the Bible so important and how do we understand it, even the parts of the Bible that are a little bit more difficult to understand. And so today I want to teach you how to feed yourself by talking about reading the Bible consistently and applying it to your life. Um, we're going to share, I'm going to share some principles about what that could look like, just some practical things that you can do on your day-to-day. But before we do that, I think it's also important to understand why reading the Bible consistently and every day is so important. Jesus uh, actually said that the Bible is God's word. It's his words to us. It's the spiritual food that we live on every single day. It's where we get our nourishment and how we stay spiritually healthy and how we grow and mature. And when we think about nourishment, we have to eat food and we have to drink water every day in order to be healthy, in order to grow, in order to just function on a day-to-day basis. So we don't eat food and drink water every once in a while or once a week or just when we feel like it. We have to do it every day. 
But many of us don't read the Bible every day. So why is that? Well, I think some of us don't quite understand why it's so important for ourselves, for our lives. Others might say, I just, I don't have time for that. I got too much going on. Or maybe I don't see how the Bible really applies to my life. But I think the real question is, well, what do you value? Because whatever you value, that's where you're gonna give your time and your energy. And so when you think about what you value, what's important to you, you take a look at where do you spend most of your time? Where do you um, put most weight in your life? That shows what's most important to you. And whether we realize it or not, reading the Bible is far more valuable than any kind of hobby or entertainment or trend that we can hop on because what it does is it, it gives us an internal impact that lasts forever. It impacts our souls. So there's some verses in the Bible I want to share with you. It's in a book of the Bible called Psalm, and Psalms is a compilation of songs and poetry that were written to God and about God. And so I'm going to read you some verses in Psalm chapter 19, verse 7 to 9. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So the person who wrote these verses obviously was in God's word regularly, and he talks about the impact that God's word has on his soul. And in reading the word, he found something that was perfect, that's trustworthy, something that's life-changing and breathes life into his soul, something that brought him joy and gave him wisdom for living his day-to-day -day life. And I want so badly, and God wants so badly, for you to have that same kind of experience in God's word and reading the Bible. Because Christianity is not just about following rules, it's not about religion, it's not about going to church on Sundays. Christianity is about intimacy. It's about relationship with God. It's about being madly in love with him and allowing him to express his love for you. Kind of like marriage. Uh, if you were to come to me and you were to ask, hey, I need some advice on my marriage. We need, to, we need to grow. We need to grow in our intimacy with each other. What would you advise? What if I told you something like this? Uh, just go to a seminar once a week that talks to you about your husband or your wife or your spouse. That'll be fine. Like, you guys will be great. That'll be great. Is that good advice? No, no, that's not what you would need to grow into a deeper relationship with your spouse. What you would need, the right advice would be, communicate with each other, speak words of affection, spend lots of time together, go on dates, pray together, make your relationship a top daily priority. If you do those things, then you're going to experience joy and deep meaning and grow together in your relationship. And Christianity is not about following rules, it's not about religion. It's about having a growing and intimate relationship with God. 
And a big part of experiencing God, sharing life with him, growing with him, is by reading his word, by reading the Bible. And Jesus said that true, true spiritual maturity actually comes from loving God and loving people. And that doesn't happen just by getting information in your head. It happens by having meaningful relationships with God, meaningful experience with God, enjoying being with him, growing with him. And reading the Bible every day is really key to experiencing true life with God. So what does this look like? What are some principles that you can apply to reading the Bible every day and growing in your relationship with God? Well, let's take a look at a couple of them. Uh, the first is designate a time and place. Designate a time and place. Finding the right time and place that works for you is so important because there are so many distractions in our world that are gonna pull on our attention and try to keep us from spending that time with God. I know I struggle with this every day. Uh, as a mom with young kids, that wake up at times in the morning, I don't think any human being should ever have to see, right? What I have to do is I have to try, I have to do my, my very best to wake up before them with plenty of time to read my Bible uninterrupted, or I have to designate time after they go to school before I start work so that I can read my Bible. Because I know if I don't do that, there's no Bible reading going on in my life. I gotta be real. And so I have to be extremely intentional and thoughtful about the time and place I read my, the Bible. And so for you, it might, it might be the first thing in the morning, or it might be on your lunch break at work, or it might be uh, at your desk, on your porch, whatever that looks like for you, find that best time and place where you can throw out everything else that's going on in the world, and you can just spend time reading God's word. And commit to it, do it every day. Okay, the second thing that you can do is use a translation that you understand. I've heard people say, I just, I just don't understand what the Bible says. And if that's you, well, you might be using a translation of the Bible that's different than the language we use in our modern culture. I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. If you were to read the King James Version of 1 Kings 20, verse 11, here's what you would read. Tell him, let not him that girdeth on his harness boast himself as he that put it off. Hmm. I don't know about you, but I have no idea what that meant. Um, but if we were to read the same verses in a new uh, translation, that's actually how we speak today, here's what we would read. One who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. All right, a little bit easier to understand. Now, some people might say, uh, read an older translation and see, see, the Bible's outdated, it doesn't apply to my life, it doesn't make sense for me to even open that thing, but that's not true. The Bible absolutely applies to our lives today, just not the older translations, how they used to speak in the 1600s. <laughs> let's, let's, let's come to a modern, modern translation. So I encourage you to make sure you're re reading a translation that you understand. Okay, so you have your time and your place, you've got your Bible. The next thing that we can do is ask God to speak to you through it. Ask him to speak to you through it. Um, there's a verse in Psalms, chapter 24, verse 10. It says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Before we read the Bible, it is so helpful just to take a moment to quiet our thoughts, quiet our souls, and ask God, God, 
I want to know you. Would you speak to me through your word? Just take a moment to do that. Now, I know for myself, um, I have a couple of verses that um, what I'll do is I'll read them and I'll pray them um, as I'm getting ready for my time with God, and it has really helped me um, to get myself ready. And I want to share those verses with you as well. It's also found in Psalm. It's chapter 139, verse 23 to 24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll read these verses and I'll pray them to God and I'll kind of um, ask him, just help me in this time. Speak to me. Get me ready for this time. And so if you ask God, if you talk to him and you ask him, to help you with this and you follow the principles that we're talking about today, your time in the Bible is going to become more than just studying for an exam or reading a history book. It's going to become like a conversation between you and God where he meets your needs through his word. I can't tell you how many times I've been reading the Bible and in that moment, I might be reading something I've read before, but in that moment, I needed what I read. Because God met, God met me there. And it's so awesome. All right, so you have your time in your place. You've got your Bible. You're getting ready to read the, the Bible. Here's what you got to do next. Decide what to read. Right? The Bible is a big book, and it can be really overwhelming and intimidating to try and figure out where to get started. I know that there are times where I feel stuck, and I'm not quite sure where to go. Um, there's lots of really great resources out there um, that can help you navigate the Bible, think through the context. Um, one in particular um, is called the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, you can download it on your phone or you can, you can access it from your web browser, um, but it's got digital Bible in there, it's got Bible reading plans, prayer guides, it's got so many things in there. If you don't currently have it on your phone, I encourage you to download it. In fact, you can pull out your phone now and do that if you want to. You're not going to hurt my feelings in any way. Um, we just wanted you to know that there are so many things that you can use to help guide you in your time with God. Okay, ready for the next one? Here's our last principle that you can apply. Listen to what the Bible says and apply it to your life. Listen to what it says and apply it to your life. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this one because I think um, this is where a lot of us really miss out on the depth that God wants for us, that transformation he wants for us. So we're going to take a look at some verses in the Bible in a book of the Bible called James chapter 1. And it's in verses 22 to 25. It says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. So the first thing James tells us in verse 22 is don't just listen to what the Bible is saying and do nothing about it. He says if we do that, if we just come into church on Sundays, we're checking off that box, we don't take action or apply it to our lives, what we're doing is we're actually deceiving ourselves, we're lying to ourselves. 
We're making ourselves feel good because we're going through the motions of what we think we should be doing. But we're not experiencing that deeper transformation that God wants to do in our lives. So it's not enough just to listen to the Bible. And then later in verse 23, James says, the Bible's actually like a mirror. He says when someone looks at it and he doesn't apply it to his life, it's like he's looking in the mirror and then forgetting what he looks like completely. Now, I would venture to say that most of us looked in the mirror this morning when we got ready, right? Unless you're tuning in from online from your comfy, cozy bed, which, good for you. I hope you're having a good time. But we all look in the mirror pretty regularly in the morning when we get up, right? And what do we do when we look in the mirror? We kind of assess the damage from the night before, decide what we're going to do about that, right? We might get our hair ready. Some of us might not have to worry about that as much anymore. But for people like me with small kids, the morning is a bit of a war zone, so you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen next? I don't know. I don't know what's coming up. We look in mirrors pretty often for the most of us, and in the same way that the mirror reflects what's going on externally, the Bible reflects what's going on inside of us. And so in Hebrews, this is another book of the Bible, chapter 4, Verse 12, here's what the Bible says about that. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. When we read the Bible, we see our reflection, the inside reflection. We see our strengths and our weaknesses. We see um, the areas that God is doing some amazing stuff and we can celebrate. And we also see areas that we really need to grow. And if you don't look in a mirror in the morning, it doesn't mean that that junk from the night before is not there. It just means we're not doing anything about it, right? Well, the same is true with the Bible. If you're not looking at the Bible, that inner stuff doesn't go away. Just not doing anything about it. And James is encouraging us, don't just glance at the Bible. He doesn't want us just to skim it. Let's be honest. Um, have you ever, like, been out shopping and walking and there's, like, a reflective surface and you kind of glance real quick? Hopefully nobody looks. Come on, people, we've all done it, okay? We've done it. Uh, so that's how a lot of us read the Bible. We're just kind of like, take a quick peek. Okay, I did it. But what James is telling us is don't just quickly look at the Bible. He wants us to look intently at it. Don't just, don't just look at it, but listen to what it says. Let's look at James 1, verse 23 to 25. It says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues it in it, not forgetting what he has heard, they will be blessed. So James is saying, look intently at the Bible. Look carefully at it. God wants us to consider things when we look at the Bible like, is there an area of sin I really need to address in my life? Is there a command that God's asking me to obey? Is there something that I need to thank God for that he's done in my life and I need to express gratitude towards him? Or maybe there's an attitude I need to adjust in my, in my heart. When we look carefully and intently at those things, that's where God does the transformative work in our hearts. Another way that you'll see this expressed in the Bible is through the word meditate. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that says, meditate on the word. And the word meditate is actually the same word that's used for the word ruminate. 
and ruminate is what cows do with their cud. So what cows will do is they'll take a bunch of grass, put it in their mouth, they'll chew it up, chew, 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 swallow it, and then what do they do? Throw it back up, chew it, swallow it, throw it back up, chew it, swallow it, over and over and over and over again. That is disgusting. I am really glad I'm not a cow. But why did they do that? It's so that they can get the maximum amount of nutrition out of that grass. And that's exactly what God is telling us to do with the Bible. He's saying, I want you to read it, chew on it, swallow it, bring it back up into your mind, into your heart, chew on it, swallow it again, over and over and over again, um, so that it becomes ingrained inside of us. So let's take a look at some verses that talk about that. First one's in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. It says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Another place in the Bible, in Psalms chapter one, verse two to three, it says this, those who are always meditating on his laws, they're like trees along the riverbank, bearing fruit. They never wither, and whatever they do prospers. So why, why is meditating on the Bible so important? because it allows you to get the maximum amount of spiritual nutrition that you can possibly get from God's words to you. And then after doing that, after looking intently and meditating on the Bible and studying it, James tells us the next thing we need to do is respond to it, take action. Let's look back at verse 25 in James chapter one. It says, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James is saying, do it, put it into action. And how do we do that? How do we put it into action? Well, every passage in the Bible, every story that we find, God put it there to help us to discover a timeless principle, something he wants us to know about him and about living a life with him. So there's three questions that you can ask yourself as you're reading the Bible that will help you to put this into action. First question you can ask, what did this mean to the original hearers? What's the context, right? If you've been coming the last couple of weeks, Vince has talked about how important it is to put it into context of what the original people who saw that were hearing in the day and what that meant for them, right? Their cultural, there are cultural differences, but what happens is it goes into number two, second question, what's the underlying timeless principle? Even though there's some cultural differences back in the day when um, Bible, Bible verses and everything were written, um, there's always a principle that we can glean for ourselves that applies to our lives today, right? And so think about that. What's the main point? What is God trying to, to convey to me in this passage? And then number three, the third question you can ask yourself is, where and how could I practice this principle in, your, in my life? Be honest with yourself. Dig in to some of those inner parts of yourself that really need to be addressed and think about how you can start to put those principles into action. So if you ask these questions, you start to respond to God's word, God's gonna do some really awesome stuff in your life. 
And if we're receptive to it, we reflect on it, we put it into action, um, the, the final verse in the, the verses that we were reading says God will bless us. God will bless you. God wants to bless us. God wants to do, make some transformations in our lives, um, but we have to meet him there. We have to seek him in that way. So I guess the question that we have to wrestle with today is, do I want to experience that kind of transformation? Or do I want to continue to deceive myself? Do I want good things to happen and do I want to wrestle through some of that, that stuff I need to change or do I want to stay stuck in all the stuff that just hasn't been working for me? And if we're not going to commit to reading God's word every day, we're going to stay stuck. So when we, when we feed our infant babies when they're young and they need our help, it's super cute and we're there to help them and to help them develop into um, a toddler stage. And, but if we were feeding our five-year-old, it kind of is weird. We're, we're kind of taken away from their independence a little bit. But if we continue to feed an adult, it's a little bit concerning because that individual should be equipped to live a life that invests in other people. And so I want to encourage you to grow into spiritual adults, to commit to reading God's word every day and allowing him to do transformational work in your heart and in your mind, because God is ready and he's, he's waiting and he wants to see good things in your life. So let's, let's pray about that. Will you join me? God, thanks so much for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you that you've written love letters to us throughout time and history, God, and that there are principles um, that apply to us today. God, I pray that you would start to do the work in our hearts, um, in our minds, to help us to become more like you, to commit to walking in a relationship with you every day, and to showing everybody, showing other people in our community, in our lives, your love. Thank you for um, bringing us here today and this community, and I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.